Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Hum Live at the 8 After Show podcast, where today we sat down with Music by Coda to discuss their history in music and how it led them from Jackson, Tennessee to Memphis. Enjoy. Well, you know what? That being said, we are live at the 8, Station 8 Productions. We are here for the Live at the 8 After Show with Music by Coda. So for those listening, let's start off with introductions. Who are we talking to? Hi, my name is Dakota Jackson of Music by Coda. This is Podcast by Coda. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, Connor Blakely with uh, Music by Coda. And I'm Brighton Wallace with Music by Coda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have two more, right, that are not present yes. but, but heavily supporting. Yes. Give, give me their names. So we've got Ryan Young, our lead guitarist. Um, he is currently working. He will be in Memphis soon. And then we've got Alex Taylor. I believe he's either working or, well, class would be out, wouldn't it? It's summertime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to graduate, so that's cool. But uh, he plays bass for us, so they're, they'll be around later. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, the people listening to this are going to be following the release of your performance for Live at the 8, which yeah. was an incredible live performance. Thank you. Um, but this this is a chance for everyone to get a chance to know, uh, you know, just to know the people behind the music and kind of uh, really... I'm excited to talk to you guys because I feel like you've already made such waves in Memphis. Like I've been seeing your name everywhere. I've already seen you perform at least one time that I know of as we were coming out of COVID land, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Um, But you guys have been killing it. You guys have been working super, super hard. And it sounds like all of you guys are school, work, everything. Like are you Mm -hmm. balancing this in addition to other things? Yeah. Fun time. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of work. But um, I think anything you know, you want to see thrive is worth putting work into. And that, that goes with anything. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, if you want something to last, it's worth putting the effort in. So I think that's what kind of all of us are in the same boat with that. Would one call it a legacy? Oh, wow. Stamp that on a a (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. So tell me about, you guys are from Jackson. So I I know a little bit, but I don't know everything. You guys are from Jackson. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about like playing music in Jackson and growing up there and doing the thing. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll kind of let Brighton and Connor start (laughs) this because they (laughs) jumped into music a little before I did. I grew up in Milan, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes from Jackson. I didn't meet these guys till I started going to college, um, and they'd kind of taken over the Jackson scene already. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, like you said, we we've, we've been playing music together, me and Brighton have since we were probably fourteen, fifteen years old. I think our our first show was my fourteenth birthday party, <laughs> and yeah. I think I was wearing a a lime green hoodie with no shirt underneath it. So it was super. I've seen those pictures. Yeah, uh, risque. But no. Uh, we we got we got into the Jackson scene when we were very young and we weren't very experienced. We were just like, hey, let's start a band, and we were, played a lot of covers. That's mainly all we ever did in different bars, not bars when we were that age, but restaurants and stuff like that, and like um, festivals, like small ones in Jackson. How did you get those gigs? Being young and new to music in Jackson, a lot of it was our parents. His yeah. his parents um, knew a lot of people that uh, he could get in contact with and get his shows and stuff. I think his dad and uncle were DJs. Yeah, they did. They did like a kind of DJ wedding business thing, so that got him in with a lot of people. And um, so they already had the sound. So since we kind of bought a few mics, started getting gigs, and uh, I think we stuck around in Jackson because we were we were decent, but we were so young. What year was like, this? Like how old are you guys? We were I'm getting out. like 15, uh, we, 16. Yeah, 15, 16. Okay. So all right. going to like a 
bar and grill and seeing like 15 and 16 year olds play pretty decent. You know, mm-hmm. it kept us around Jackson for a while. And then we like started to get good, which was weird because it's like a lot of people still saw us as kids, but we were like, no, we're actually like 18, a lot better now. We're good. <laughs> like, so yeah. splitting that from being like these kids to actually being like respected musicians in Jackson yeah. took a while. Um, so like breaking out of that and coming to Memphis was cool because it's like we're brand new to the city. Um, you feel like you achieved that in Jackson, kind of like your legitimacy? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think I think now we're like all the venues that are in Jackson now, it's kind of like we just whenever we kind of want to play, we just yeah, kind of. That's awesome. I think the it's interesting is the first Live at the 8 that we did was with Justin White, who had played majority of his music um, in Jackson for a long time. Now he's been in Memphis for over 10 years, but he said that it was very, very, very exclusive yeah. as yeah. far as like yeah. just having access to gigs. And, <laughs> yeah. And also yeah. you had to be pretty damn good yep. to, no to, to be able to get a, to get a slot. Yeah. It's, the, it's the home of, <laughs> yeah, it's the home of uh, rockabilly. It is. Yeah, it, it is. is. And we've. And, Played on that rockabilly stage. We've oh, done a lot we've, of different how did, how did you break out and kind of establish yourselves as no longer kids but professional musicians as adults? Like, what was the turning point? We just kind of like, just like bulldozed our way in. Yeah. Kind of like, we did, there was no like turning point really. It was kind of, we took a break because we all kind of went to college and we all weren't this living together. This is where together. I come in. Yeah. yeah so so I, I was gone for about three years. I was. I so was who's like, in the project at this time? It was me, Connor, and Ryan that are in okay. this band. So we had some other people, but like it was just us and um, another guitarist. We had another, and another guitarist, bassist. And a different bassist. Yeah, and um, we were playing a lot, and then we all started going to college. So it was like you know a show here and there at the bar and grill we always played at, or if it was an event we would you know go do that. But then once like college slowed down for everybody, and I went because I went to school in Memphis, but once I came back to Jackson. Um, at the campus that's in Jackson, I met Dakota and he came back from school and Ryan stayed at the campus in Jackson. So he went to college there all four years. So we were all kind of linked back up and then we started hitting the cover gigs again. And once we came back after kind of a little break, I guess that's when people were like, oh, these guys are actually like a fun. Let me yeah. tell the story. I was going to say, why'd you let this dude in the band? Let me tell the story <laughs> of how the oh, this, how I got in and how is, the comeback happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the plot thickens. Yeah, yeah. So I start going to school. Me and Brighton start going to school. It's my freshman year, his sophomore year. We're in a bunch of classes together. We're all music majors. Um, you know, we talk and we hang out every now and then, but not like you know we weren't the friends that we are today. But um, I end up meeting this girl <laughs> about six months later. That's how all good stories start. Exactly. <laughs> it, it and. I'm like, oh, I really like this girl. You know, she's uh we go out on a few dates and we make it exclusive. And it is probably what two weeks before Christmas, maybe a week before Christmas. What year is this? Yeah. 2017. 2017. Yeah. Okay. And um we decide she like we're gonna go to this benefit to hear her brother's band. <laughs> Lo and behold, and I, I knew these guys played music together, and I'm like, oh. Oh, your brother plays music with Brighton and Ryan that I go to school with. And I'm like, oh. So I go and we're hanging out in this, um, what was it? It was a VFW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. It was a, an old VFW and we're hanging out and their band's playing on stage. And I'm like, oh, these guys. And then Brighton comes up to me and strikes up a conversation because we're, you know, mutual friends at this point. And Ryan comes and talks to me. And this is the first time I've ever talked to Connor in my life. 
and I'm like, I'm dating your sister. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, later they're like, there's some people that come in and they start yelling, uh, oh, we want to hear some some Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah. Rocky Mountain Way. And Brighton's like, Dakota, you come and sing it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I get up on stage and we sing it and I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's this, this is band. cool. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, that was kind of this first spark. And then turn of the year, me and Brighton had gotten a lot of, clo- a lot closer. Connor, were you, you went back to school, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was, I was in Clarksville. Yeah, Connor went, moved back to Clarksville at this point for a little while. And me and Brighton and Ryan were at school and I sat down with Brighton in the cafe one day and I said, you know what, you know what we should do? You know, Beyond Blame, which is the name of their band at the time, isn't, it. isn't playing yeah, anywhere. Terrible. I hate that name. <laughs> isn't playing anywhere right now. Connor's not here. You know what we should do? And we both looked at each other and we're like, let's start a band. <laughs> we were like, we would take over. We would take over all the Beyond Blame spots and more. Yeah. And so we uh, we get Ryan, we get our buddy Riley Hawk, who was another drummer, and we're like, we, we need a bassist. Who's going to play bass? And Brighton's like, I can play bass, even though he's a drummer. And we're like, but Riley plays drums. So Brighton decided he was going to play bass. So Brighton being the okay bassist that he was. <laughs> yeah, I was not good. I mean, it was like <laughs> I, I knew the bass, notes, yeah. but like that's, hey, that's Al, about you, it. Hey, you held it down better than a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You know. Only because I, I had rhythm, I think. Yeah, like, probably. Just like <laughs> I was guessing on all the songs, not my not my thing. And um, so we started practicing a lot to nail down. If we're like, if we can get four hours worth of music, we can play anywhere. So we 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 learned the weirdest bunch of covers yeah. that first time around. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, no one knew half the songs. Yeah, it was fun, but it was fun. yeah, it nobody knew them, and for me, it was really hard because like bass isn't my instrument so i'm like i knew some scales and i knew theory from school and i had a bass and i'm like yeah i could do it but then after a few gigs it was like okay like and <laughs> this we, is fun and we but, had to get our you know we were a different dynamic you know it was a different group of musicians than they had been used to he mm-hmm. was on bass there was a different drummer um different guitarists you know we had another guy in the band so we had two different rhythm guitarists and then ryan on lead and we kind of swapped who was lead singing the song and who was playing guitar. So like one person would know half the songs and the other person would know the other half on guitar. So <laughs> it was weird. It Teamwork. Was, it was yeah, really yeah. weird. And then, uh, I don't know. And then we played a lot, practiced a lot, wrote a few original songs and, uh, it, where did the name come into play? <sighs> we had, cause it wasn't, time. it wasn't beyond blame at this point. No. We had a hard time finding a name for this band. Yeah, you want to talk so about this? yeah, <laughs> was it in so, the same era like th- that the name came about, or were you guys just there playing? Like we're a band that plays here. So we were a couple names to start out. Yeah. With. So Beyond Blame <laughs> was like the name of this cover band that we had since, uh, like we were fourteen years old. So then we got this new band, new guys. We're like, it's hard in Jackson too because there's not many venues. So if it's like the similar group of guys but you come up with a different name they're kind of just going to associate you with the other one Mm -hmm. um but we were like no let's do something different if we're going to come out with some originals whatever the plan was and this isn't the group of guys we have now it's a completely different band and we were like we i mean we went to like the library on campus just to try to find anything we went to the library in the basement and read old like crazy 
obscure books to try to find to names. Try to find names. It was like Deer Hunting with Jesus. Yeah, was one of. <laughs> I remember that specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody would guess you're from Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up with that band. We ended up. I don't even want to say it. So we were like, we have to be off the wall. We have to be edgy. And I don't. You were know. wearing a shirt. Oh yeah, I had a shirt on that said Casino Club on it. And I, I was like, that's cool. Neon Casino Club. <laughs> and that's what we were for about a year. Yeah, which <laughs> was on and off. We had other yeah. names, but we went with it just because like we we were like rushing everything. The process was rushed. Nothing was like solid. So we good for a second. And the way that this started was Dakota came to me and he's like, I kind of want to do because yeah, he really he was writing a lot also, of songs. Also, granted, you have to remember, COVID hit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID hit, and that's what really sparked this. Yeah. So 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 that was 2017 to like all the way to Neon 2020 Ca- March. So yeah, so yeah. Neon Casino Club actually okay. it really did last longer than I think. Yeah, it y'all were together have. for a while. We did good. It was like a year and a half, yeah. two years. So why was it so rushed then? Just like trying to like get a set together and play coherently for well, four I, hours, four I think, plus? I think it was like practice really hard for a few months. And then we spent a lot of time trying to like build our name. And then by then we were a cover band name. And then we're like, no, we're an original band. And so then we tried to break out of that and write original music and rush to have several songs out on Spotify. Mm. And they weren't bad. Um, I think some of them were kind of good. Yeah, some I mean, of them kind of garbage, <laughs> but those didn't get released. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so when COVID hit, I mean, we weren't playing gigs and then the... We tried was, the live stream thing. Yeah, we did yeah. some of like the live stream. And this like, was you host like... It, host it yourself? Yeah, yeah and this yeah. was like between March and May of 2020. We did three of them. Yeah, and they, they turned out good. We just kind of like... It was more of a premiere. It wasn't a live stream. We premiered like a... We set up... Like an iPhone with a good camera. Exactly like you guys are doing but with an iPhone. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And yeah. So I mean, not exactly, yeah, so yeah. nothing like that. <laughs> um, but we would just do it and we would just like record it straight in through, you know, a board to the computer. I'd mix it down like halfway just, just so we could put something out there. It didn't take a lot of time. We do like four songs, something yeah. like that. It'd be like 20-ish minutes. And uh, that was working, but it just kind of got stale. The creative process got stale, I think. And Dakota... It's like, I, I kind of want to do, I'm writing these songs, but I don't think they're a fit for the band. And I'm in the process of moving to Memphis between the end of May and July. So this is kind of where my decision is. I'm like, I'm moving to Memphis. What are y'all's plans? Well, so yeah. let's rewind a little bit because yeah. you're all music majors. Yes. Yeah. Everybody? I, I'm not. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, he might as well be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know enough, but not near as much as these guys do. So but. are you guys, when did you guys finish your college experience so brighton graduated in 2019 okay. so he got the full senior year yeah. of college experience <laughs> right. and i was there we were the neon casino club <laughs> band on campus um dr tubbs if you're listening we did climb to the roof of the h-pack <laughs> <laughs> it's on our instagram it's on our inst- our old instagram you can probably find it yeah um <laughs> shout out yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so he graduated. I went through, you know, the first semester of the fall. No one expected COVID to happen. I was like, you know, this is my senior year. All my friends have graduated. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm the senior. I'm going to get through it and graduate. And then here we are going into March of 2020. And everybody's like, well, guys, your senior year is going to be trashed and you're not actually going to walk. You're going to flash on a screen 
yeah. and you're going to sit at home and that's where you're going to graduate. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so that was my U of M graduation experience, but it's okay. So is, is <clears throat> why, why did you guys pick music majors? Like, are you really, I mean, what was the goal? Well, I mean, we'd, I know I'd done it for a long time and I had, I had other options. Like I was going to do engineering and I was like, well, that's boring. And then I was going to do um, aeronautics at MTSU and I was like, that's still kind of boring. Like, you know, and then I was like, I had to just had like at the end of my senior year, I was like, well, what is my like actual passion? Like, what am I, what do I really want to go learn more about? And I knew it was like a risk and, you know, I had good grades and, you know, tested high and stuff. So everybody around me was kind of like, you know, is that really, you know, are you going to waste your college on getting a music degree? I think you hear that a lot when you're a music major yeah. is but, what's, what are you going to do with your degree? Yeah, but, I, I can't tell you how many times I heard that. Well, but my parents, surprisingly, I mean, they were always super supportive. And I know that's like making a decision like that. Usually your parents are the ones that are like, mm -hmm. no, you need to don't waste all this. But my parents were like, no, if that's what you want to do, go for it. They just make it worth it. So I just, you know, took a chance. And did you have a specific uh, ambition when you went to school for it? Or was it just kind of ambiguous? Like, I, I don't know. I just it was know this kind is what of, I want. Yeah, it was kind of open-ended because, like, I did the performing side. I did the live, like, tech side. I also did the studio side. and I But I liked the business side. So going in, I was like, I just want to figure out where I fit in in all of this. Where mm -hmm. where will I be best at? Um, so I kind of, you know, went in hard on all of it. I tried the business and, like, the law and all that. That was cool. And then I did the history, which I – is cool, but I hate it because I just don't. I hate memorizing stuff, and I like it when I like history when I can enjoy it more instead of being tested on it because it's like I'm not interested in this part of it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then at the end when I graduated, I was like, I just I'm just more of like a performer. Like I can do the other stuff, but like there's nothing like being on stage. So I could look for a job in an office, you know, at like BMI or something. Had some friends that yeah. worked there, ASCAP and stuff. But I was like, I just I'll just go all out just try to make it work on stage because that's kind of where i felt like in my degree we had performance classes and we had like an ensemble band and played in that every year and i don't know i just that's where i like to be so i was like i mean <laughs> you found what you wanted to pursue yeah, yeah. in the course of your college but at the same time which is the goal right yeah, yeah and at the same time and i think i was in the same boat brighton is, uh, was in when choosing that major it's like what am i gonna do like i want a job that I'm not going to get bored with that. I'm going to feel like, like I enjoy every morning and I enjoy waking up and going and doing this every single day. Um, and so finally it did come down to that last, you know, <laughs> last several months of your senior year of high school. And you're like, yep, I'm going to be a music major. That's my decision where everybody else, you know, figured it out freshman year of high school. And, um, so the cool thing about our major was it was very um, broad. It did cover a lot of different aspects. So we did take a lot of recording classes. We did take a lot of marketing, business, um, and PR classes. And then we also spent a lot of time, you know, performing and, you know, developing our craft and being around like-minded musicians. And, you know, initially when I went, it was like, oh, well, maybe I just need to focus on the business end of things. And I need to, that's what I want to do. I want to want to manage i want to go that direction because i'm not i'm not a performer you know i was like i i like to sing but i i don't i don't think i'm as good as most of these people and uh got in there and everyone's required to do ensemble and 
you know, our professor, Dr. Tubbs, was like, well, you sing and you, you play acoustic and stuff, so we'll put you in ensemble. So I played acoustic on every song. And was so nervous. Oh, <laughs> Looking at him on stage now and then, like the first time, and I'd been on stage plenty of times, so doing something like that was fine. It was just, you yeah. know, it is more of a production. We ran, you know, like backing tracks and all that stuff mm-hmm. in a live show. So that was different, but most part it was pretty the same thing for me but like that is cool that our major it kind of like forces you to get on the stage and i could tell it was new for him especially because he was good and talented but like on the stage you could tell he was like trying to break through that initial kind of like yeah this is weird at first so. but but it's you know 18 year old <laughs> me versus 23 year old me now is not the same person and no. I get that energy of playing in front of people and I get a spark in my eye that I love so much and I wouldn't do anything else in the world but going in and focusing on PR and management and that has paid off more than I can. I was just going to say, it seems like the broad strokes of the industry within your degree really gave you context in every avenue of what you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. And it shows because you guys have been hitting it in a way that like, you know, it's been incredible to see you guys just coming out of COVID. And also you also, you, you, produce your own music yeah, mm. yeah brian yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean you guys are like doing everything yeah, yeah which is incredible it's not often that you see a band that even you know um you know especially a young band have any one of those things nailed down much less doing all of them so yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that a lot of people would probably <laughs> and it's a lot cheaper yeah yeah i mean it, it, i'm sure a lot of people will look at that those degrees as you know, a strange investment of your time and energy, but it really makes a lot of sense yeah. with how you guys, oh. but in the passion too is all there yeah. for and you guys. That's, that's like the whole band, you know, knowing what we know from college and Connor is a salesman. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so none of us have like the sales, you know, touch that the gift you gotta of gab. have. Yeah. Connor yeah. will you go talk. up. I can, I can look in your eyes it. and tell. Connor will go up, up and yeah. talk to a complete stranger. Yep. He'll come back. He'll know their birthday. Yep. He'll know their aunt's name. Accurate. And yeah, he'll yeah. have a show booked for us at their cousin's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about cousin's birthday party, but <laughs> but that's You'll good because yeah, we'll have something. We kind of coming out of our degree, like getting our degrees and stuff. Like we all kind of. It had our own little niche we were good at. So all together, we're kind of acting as like a mini record label just mm-hmm. for our own band. Mm-hmm. We've got the salesman, you know, we've got the marketing, we've got the numbers, we've got the production, we've got like the design, we have all of that in-house. So there's not much reaching out we have to do to put out our own music. And we have somewhat the, like the management skills, you know, at this level. I mean, I know eventually, you know, if it, you know, there be it would be nice to there are focus. thresholds yeah yeah because sure. exactly. one you know no, no matter how many people there are there's just a lot, a lot more work and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. always oh, pile yeah. on quick so but like at this level it's kind of we really have everything we need to be successful with the degrees gave us i know it's not like the traditional job sense like you get a degree you go get a job but like it set us up to kind of build our own little business as a band yeah. and we have all of the slots filled to get the job done now it's just writing good songs and you know Playing the right connecting shows. with yeah. the right people. Get, yeah, getting yeah, in right. front, getting in front of me. So going back the to right the people. timeline, you guys are finishing up. You finished up. Oh yeah, and back then to where we were. So yeah, so going back, this is what are we at? Twenty twenty of March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you moving to Memphis? Um, I had decided probably about sophomore junior year of college. Um, I was going to move to Memphis, and you know everybody's got the 
Nashville idea. You know, everybody, you know, you're doing music. Oh, you got to go to Nashville. Even people that don't do music. Oh, Shame. you're a music major. You have yeah. to, yeah. you have to move to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to do anything. Yeah. My opinion is I've seen Nashville chew up and spit out so many people. And the thing is, I know so many people that have gone to Nashville to do this exact thing. And it's, it's, I love Nashville. There's a lot of people that have that idea. Exactly. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, I love Nashville. Don't get me wrong. But the amount of people that are willing to step out and do things completely free, um, you know, perform for free everywhere. It, it's hard for a musician to m- like make a decent living in Nashville starting out because you have so many people there with that dream and with that idea. You can be the best musician in the world. But I mean, if if this person's you know, not quite as good as you, but they're willing to jump up there for free and do it all day long. They're going to pick that person over you all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Memphis, you know, my professor, Dr. Tubbs, he lived in Memphis for what, 10? Yeah, like 10 or 15 10, years. 15 years. He taught at U of M for a little while. Um, he played in some bands here in Memphis for a little while. And um, I talked to him back and forth about moving and you know, he he kept telling me different things about it. Um, our buddy Josh Shaw, a black hippie, he moved down here, which he's originally from Memphis, but um, he went to school with us in Jackson and then moved back. And I knew he was doing great things here. And I'm like, you know what? There's a there's something different going on in Memphis. I want to see what it's about. Um, I just have that feeling. You know, it's. I think I, I even said it in our. Um, video it's grungier it's it's different it's it's dirtier but in the best ways possible mm-hmm. you know nashville's a lot of flash and a lot of lights and a lot of um look at me where i think uh, memphis is the perfect example of like grinding and getting to where you need to be yeah it's and a very raw and untamed yeah. uh energy compared to nashville which exactly. is really made up of a lot of people that aren't really from there mm-hmm. yeah you know it's like yeah. it's like las vegas yeah. Yeah. yeah you know it's like everyone lives there but no one there's not a lot of like the culture is just simply not the same exactly. when, when you don't have people yeah, yeah. that are rooted in the delta and and what i didn't expect you know when moving here obviously i was coming for those specific reasons but moving here i didn't expect the amount of support and community that memphis did have and i knew they prided themselves on that but i didn't expect it so how did you find coming in as a new when you when you came in tell me when you moved and and kind of how you connected yeah so we moved i finally got moved into our to my apartment back in uh july of 2020 and i you know, I went to Brighton. Brighton, do you want to kind of spin this off? Yeah. So he Neon Casino Club had kind of dissolved at this point because we were, yeah, like COVID we were, kind of killed it a little bit. Yeah. So right. once because I think that band thrived off the live show. Um, but Dakota reached out to me. He was like, you know, there's not a lot going on. You know, I'm about to move. He's like, I kind of want to start like a little solo thing. I'm writing too many songs that I like that I don't think fit with the band he's like but i want your help to kind of like produce it you oh, know yeah. in just the midst kinda... of covid the amount of <laughs> songwriting that happens is crazy. so what is it a good so. thing in terms of like just creative process yeah, I, I've, heard, yeah. I've gotten very yes. mixed reviews from different artists. i i think covid covid was a good pause for everybody to take a deep breath and realize what we need to focus and work on and it's it, it gives you it's a good pause to revamp and be like <clears throat> this is what wasn't working and this is a chance to start over fresh. And for me, that's what it was anyways. And I think that's what it turned out to be for all of us to kind of going for, 
forward, but Brighton, if you continue. Well, that, that's why I was excited. I was like, yeah, because we can work together and have a bunch of stuff, you know, that can come out when all this is done. And then when that started, he would send me some ideas. We'd work on them. And then we would be like, well, yeah, Ryan needs to play on all these, though, because he's just like the best guitar player we know. And then it was like, well, if we start playing, we need a, we need a bass player, too. And we have our friend Joe from college yeah. who played a lot of bass for us. Um, he's crazy. But yeah, he's, he's crazy good. insane <laughs> like bass he, player. He is a funk master. We, yeah. Him and Alex. <laughs> both, yeah. but Joe, Joe is like the type of guy that you're sitting at, sitting there listening to him play the bass, and you're like, good Lord, dude. <laughs> yeah, he'll still the show type bass player, yeah. you know. Um, but then when we kind of became a band, Alex came in because we knew him from school and we really didn't use him much, I guess, because he was so much younger than us because he's he just turned 20. Yeah. Yeah. So he's tw- I mean, I'm 24. He just turned 20. So, I mean, I don't I don't think we even went to college together. Me and no, Alex. He, my senior year was his freshman year. So we really didn't know him. But then when he did start playing with this kind of blew us away. Yeah. We were like, oh, and he's the and coolest it, dude. It was funny how I got <laughs> yeah, connected. Cool. It was yeah. funny yeah. how I got connected yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, when I was a. Uh, sophomore and junior in college I was the campus tour guide so Alex comes in as a high schooler looking for potential colleges and I give him his tour and I persuade him to come to our college (laughs) and I tell him all about the music program because I I figured out he was looking at the music program like believe it or not I'm a music uh, (laughs) major myself and so I I got him into the studio because I had the connects and showed him the rehearsal space and told him that if he didn't come he would regret it <laughs> and then um he came in freshman year and i got to know him a little more and i'm like i know you play bass so come play bass with us the first time i asked him to play bass we were playing a four-hour show and i asked him i said you think you could learn four hours worth of music tomorrow he's like what i'm like show's tomorrow but we really need a bass player <laughs> he's like ah. and then i sent him the set list the day of um it was kind of a, a terrible move on my part but we were in a pinch and he held it down. Yeah, killed him. Um, that's what made me know, oh, well, I'll have to use Alex and later. And when that was kind of starting, like, I don't think it was a decision that this group was like a band. It was still yeah. kind of on the, like, it's Dakota's solo career, but then me and him had a conversation one day. It was just like, let's just be a band. Like, we've already got this solid group of guys that yeah. are committed and, you know, are going to bring playing together. Yeah, and yeah. we've been yeah, playing yeah. together and, you know, they bring a lot creatively. They'll bring a lot in all kind of ways. And Dakota was like, "Yeah, let's just let's just be like a band. Let's just yeah. be." Because you know. I was using a couple different guys for bass. Believe it or not, the very first time we played somewhere, Ryan played bass. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> and I gave uh, one of my other buddies that plays um, electric. I'm like, "Yeah, you take some solos, man." And he did a great job. And um, I forgot just, about that. Yeah, it's yeah. just people being <laughs> available. It's, it's you realize the people who are dedicated and available. Um, when they want to be there and they want to be involved yeah. and they want to work hard, they yeah. will. Alex came and held down bass one time. And this kind of goes into the community that we got into when we moved here. I reached out. So, so we moved here. Is it everybody? Well, no. everybody load up in the van and like. <laughs> no, no. I, I say we moved here, but as a music project, that's what I kind of refer to, yeah. I guess. But when I moved here. Um, so you're the only one that lives here currently? Yeah. Currently. Alex, 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 Alex lives here. The okay. bass player. He lived here before. Me, yeah. and him, me and him and Ryan still live in Jackson. Gotcha. But how much longer? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying to get them down here for so long. But um, the, this kind of goes yeah. into that. <laughs> kind of going back. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Going back into the community aspect that I didn't realize would happen. Um, 
the very first gig we had, which is still in the midst of COVID, it's, you know, I think we're still in July at this point. I had just moved in and Neon Casino Club had reached out to Growlers back before the summer started and we had our first Memphis gig nailed down. We were going to come here in, what, May? Mm -hmm. And we were going to play our first Memphis gig at Growlers with some Nashville punk band that didn't match our genre or our sound at all. at all but it was our first memphis gig and we were so excited about it and um i'm like i know that mark had sent an email to us asking about live streams it's like would you guys be interested in a live stream and um, at the time I obviously you know i didn't really know mark or anything like that and Shout out Mark Shrek. Yeah, yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. Growlers. What a guy. He, he was on our podcast too. Yeah, you guys are fo- that following great, behind. That was a great podcast. Yeah. Um, and we got connected with that. He sent me a Facebook message later. Hi, I'm Mark. Uh, talked to you through the Growlers email. Really excited for you guys to get connected with us. Da, 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 da. And we do our first um, live stream with our hodgepodge musicians that I kind of put together for my so-called solo project and well, because we got booked as Neon Casino Club, but after COVID hit, when we still had the opportunity, reached out Changed again. Changed the name. Yeah. That was it. Was like that was kind of done, and this is a new thing, and so we started playing live streams. Yeah, as music by Coda, which at that point was kind of a band, but like not really sure. But I think it. I think when it turned into like this is a band, like the biggest term for us yeah. is when Connor like joined because we'd played and he was a singer you know and we'd played in other bands before we didn't just play in the cover band we had a original band that did an album with some friends that oh yeah so connor when did you come back into the picture because you're so i i don't really whenever they started doing the live streams i think they did two or three live streams yeah and then i wasn't really doing anything with music connor had moved back yeah Yeah. living in jackson i was just working kind of I got laid off. Well, you weren't working. I wasn't. I wasn't. I got laid off due to COVID in March, and I was laid off for a little while. And making good COVID money. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I was like, they're just handing this money out, and I'm like, I'm. I can watch so much more. It was nice, but I hated not doing anything all the time. So I finally got a job at Budweiser in Jackson, um, and but. Before all that, Dakota and Brighton reached out to me and they were like, come play a show come play, with us. Come yeah. play it's just a live keys. stream. There's yeah. no people. You don't have to worry about it. And our live streams. Which I mean, I'm not really, I don't really, get, I, I get nervous, but I oh, no, I, I don't really worry about like there being a lot of people or anything. No. It would have been fun if there would have been a lot of people. But it was just a chance for me to finally get to play music again because I hadn't in so long. And I'd been playing my piano a lot more uh, during covid and they asked, reached out and asked me to to come play a live stream with them, and we had a blast. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. And once everything started opening back up, we were getting booked left and right all over the place. Look, Jackson, grinding, Memphis, grinding. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I've told them numerous times. It's the most. It's the busiest I have ever been personally it, with music in my entire life. And what I, what I think a lot of people don't realize is they're like, oh, "Man, you stay booked. You stay booked." And I'm like, "Well, you would be surprised the amounts, <laughs> the amount of like no response and no's that I get first. You you have to get those first. Yeah. And you get the one good yes, and people hear you." You get several more no's, you get another good yes, you take it, 
And then that's when the gigs start rolling in. But it you have to reach out to everyone. And I know that mm-hmm. it, it is a lot of work and it is a lot of sifting through and digging to find the people to reach out to. And sometimes you got to be willing to drive three hours, you know. And I think, and I think starting out, you don't want to take the free gigs. Yeah. But I think one every now and then starting out is okay. To, you know, kind of get your name out there. And now, you know, we're making decent money on all our shows and we're, you know, staying booked two, three, two, three days a week at sometimes. Wow. And Especially in this you guys, month. You guys came mm-hmm. onto our radar like incredibly hard and fast. Like we were sitting, I, I had sat down with Mark prior to our podcast, like a while before actually. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you got to check out Music by Coda. Like, you know, this, this band I've been working with and talking to. And then I, I look at, uh, I'll get up on Spotify. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, this music's really good. This is awesome. And then next thing I know, uh, did you contact me or did I call you? I can't remember. He gave me your number. He gave me your number. You called me. Okay, yeah. So yeah. then we then we we chat. We come in. I'm like, all right, these guys are serious. This is legitimate. And then next thing I know, you guys are like already playing a show. It was the Porch Fest. Yeah. yeah. And then we go out there, and I, I bring Drew along. We're like getting ready to, sh- to film a music video, and I'm like, let's go, let's go see what these guys are about. Let's you know, like they sound good. They yeah. they're presenting well. Like let's go see if they can back it up. So just being honest, we gotta yeah. go see oh, who, yeah. who, who we're yeah. working oh, with. I understand. Then we go yeah. out there, and you guys kill it, and that was awesome. And uh, then we turn around, we do the live at the eight, and you guys come in and, and just do a great job with that. And it was just like everything. As soon as I as soon as I heard your name, I didn't stop hearing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, even beyond that show, it was like, oh, this is booked now, and this is oh, booked yeah. now. We're doing this now, and like, oh, I can't, we can't do it that week because we're booked. Like, it's like, oh. man, these guys are just like really, really, really hustling. And mm-hmm. hustle is, I think, you know, like I said, moving to Memphis did inspire a lot of that hustle because you see so many people around you that are doing the same thing. And yeah. You're, you know, there's it, opportunity here too. There's though. there's opportunity, yeah. but you have to work for it, and a lot of people you know don't want to work for stuff which is unfortunate but if you want to see something thrive you've got to put into it mm-hmm. yeah. and we've got some uh, other stuff planned with live at the eight or uh St- station eight later yeah on, so coming up soon coming up yeah. soon oh yeah so the creative process this was stuff that going kind of rewinding just a little yeah. bit you were writing was it like pre-covid and during covid or just yes. during covid so i had like our very first song to release lucy um, that was our debut single. I wrote that song during the Neon Casino Club time, and um, we had played that kind of off and on as that band live. Um, but I remember we were out playing somewhere, and Brighton, being the bass player at the time, was like, can we just have a cool bass line in a song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I just, like, I, I'm the bass player, and I want to be able to play a cool bass line in a song. Well, and me learning bass, I was like, okay, if this is for real, I got to get good. So I'm listening to like <laughs> funk songs, and all those songs had a bass line all the way through, and I'm like, like, can I do that one time? Can I write a bass line and just like that, just roll through the whole song? And it literally happened on the spot. I go, dun, 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 dun. And then Brighton starts doing it on bass. And the only word I could think of was Lucy. <laughs> and I just kept thinking that over and over again. And I, I took that idea home because I really liked it and wrote a really fun, you know, it's an awesome song. 50s, 60s inspired yeah. tune. So I was going to say, what is the inspiration for the sound of the music? Because, I mean, it has a very classic sound to it, yeah. but it's also got the modern touch. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing, and I think this, me sitting here talking about it really puts that in. If you look at me and Connor and Brighton, and if you look at our music taste, yes, we do love the classics and we do love, you know, a lot of different things. 
but we do listen to a lot of the new indie rock and a lot yeah. of the new mm-hmm. alternative music coming out today and Thank a lot you. of our you know music that we write and we're inspired by is by newer and modern artists but ryan is a He's classic a rock boy. guitarist yep. and all he the way through. all f- full full through and through classic rock that is ryan young and <laughs> You know, classic rock and country is what he thrives with. And pulling that guitar style into, hmm. you know, our modern writing style has just really made something that people all over can enjoy. You know, you can relate to the songs of the 70s, the 60s, and then at the same time, it's coming out and it sounds like a lot of newer modern indie rock. And uh, Well, yeah. and I think that's good because, like, I don't think we were scared about sounding too old either no it's like you know you definitely don't i mean not at all yeah, it's like, very it's like we can like we have more songs we've written that i mean honestly sound like they'd be on a i mean uh, walkman like type oh, 60s yeah, yeah, cadillac yeah. you know and then we have other songs that sound like they might be on like froggy 104 <laughs> like you know and it's like we're not really worried about just trying to fit into one little area i think we're all spread out in taste and like creativity that it's just like if it's good like it's good like but the I don't, songs still match yeah they still sound yeah. like us even though they are kind of completely different but i don't know what we do that makes it sound weird like us every i feel time. like our genre is just like that we're good at it's just the strangest mix of country blues and rock and it, yeah. it just forms i don't know what it is but yeah <laughs> i enjoy it and other people seem to like it too yeah. strange strange but it works so how did yeah. you pick your your songs for live at the eight because one thing i really appreciated about you guys is y'all came in you set up your stuff and you're like all right we're ready uh let's play the song the song the song <laughs> uh, yeah. it wasn't like because a lot of people they like, come in here and they're like all right we got this song we got this song and they got this yeah. song yeah, all right yeah. they like no they're practicing they're like ready for it and you guys are like yeah let's just like to me that was a testament to you guys as a band and as yeah. musicians to just be like Let's just pick them right now. Yeah. Well, we, we, we play those we play those songs live so much. Yeah, so that's we, second nature. We, yeah, we know which songs have the best feel and we can put the most energy into. And I felt like those three songs we had to do Lucy because yeah, Lucy yeah. Lucy's been heard by probably the most people. Yeah. And um, Fine Line is it's something that we're really excited to release. Yeah, it's yeah. not out yet, and it's not it's not released yet, but. Um, and then Legacy, yeah. we close everything with Legacy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just because of that, song. that big yeah. ending, the big build. It's at the slow. End. It's yeah. slow. All I was the say way it's through. a big ending, yeah. but it's also a slow come up. Which yeah, is like, yeah, it's like a perfect. Yeah. The the, the and we we've had a lot of people be like, oh, "I'll listen to Legacy today. It made me cry." Yeah, like, well, that <laughs> I actually I had appreciate a, that. I had a buddy from work. He told me I, I got him to listen to the whole EP, and he was like. Dude, I think I think my favorite song on that uh, EP is Legacy, and I was like, for real? Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. Well, that's like my cousin who's like either listening to like Slipknot or like rap. He was like, dude, Legacy, I love that song. <laughs> and he like listens to it all <laughs> the time. And I'm like, no, I'm talking about Garrett. Garrett's like... Slipknot? <laughs> yeah, you... So what have you guys, for, for those that are maybe seeing this for the first time, people that are, you know, trying to connect, what, what have you guys released so far? Yeah, so we released our debut single lucy in january and then we tailed off was that of the that. first one like yes that was the first that was release. the very okay. first release we pushed really hard on that one got some good responses recorded mm-hmm. it all ourselves yep yeah, recorded well. it all mm-hmm. ourselves and then during that time we gave it about a month or so and then about mid-march we decided to release the full ep which is four songs um which includes lucy um 
Legacy, those two songs were actually written a while back. Uh, we've had those songs a long time. And then Casualties and Innocence, and those were two newer songs. Casualties one was really cool. It was a really cool collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody stayed the night at my apartment one day, and we wake up, and I'm like, guys, look at this. Write a song. Look at this <laughs> tune that I have. And I start kind of strumming the rhythm. I'm like, this is kind of cool, right? And <laughs> and then we uh, kind of build the song from there. And and Connor comes up with this, what if we do, uh, at the Love, end. And I'm like, oh, a bend, I mean, a bend that's up. cool. Three-part harmony, Ben. Come on, let's get uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And he was all about it. And I'm like, and we did it live for the first time. I'm like, I'm glad you said that. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um. You know, going into the Music by Coda project, it was at first me being like, oh, I'm going to have this solo dynamic go on for a little while. And then I quickly realized I love being part of a band and I love being surrounded by my friends and Mm -hmm. having that collaborative project, you know, with people that are really like minded. And we are a family band. I mean, we say that all the time. We literally hang out all the time. I date his sister. So I'm at every family (laughs) gathering. Always. He's sick of uh, seeing him. <laughs> He's like, I can't get away from him. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him Memorial Day yeah. uh, <laughs> playing cord hole on a team, and we won. Yeah, yeah. Not because of him. <laughs> no, <laughs> not because of me. <laughs> well, so what's coming up then? I mean, if you have if you have that behind you, you have the EP released, yeah. are you planning on... I know you're releasing Fine Line, yeah. yep. and that's the one we're working on, too. Yeah, right? yeah So buddy. we've got... Uh, we have... I'm not afraid to tell you how many songs we're working on. So (laughs) we have another EP in the works. Obviously, it's not going to be immediate. Um, We've got a few singles lined up before the release. Um, But we've got about six new songs we're planning on putting out here at the turn of the year. So um, be looking out for Fine Line, obviously, coming out here pretty soon. We're going to have a cool little release for that. And a nice little push on that one is our initial release. And then we've got a couple more lined up. And then the full EP drops little later after that oh and one of those singles on that ep is the Ooh. most beautiful song of all time actually yeah, it is <laughs> it, it really and that's, is that's the one we you talking about jet planes yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. want to i don't want to drop in the name <laughs> sorry Tom. well it, i mean whatever that's the one that we threw the the world yeah on, yeah we it were, was it was a lot of fun yeah it that song it doesn't have i can never pronounce it right. do you guys find like the writing process as you're going through this is kind of like evolving and changing or is it pretty consistent like does everybody kind of have like you guys have been playing together so think, long that well i think it's changing because it's changing yeah connor is singing lead on a lot of the new stuff too because mm-hmm. that's right because i remember when i saw you at the porch fest there were songs yeah. that you just took over yeah yeah, yeah. So like so, two, two or three songs yeah well, connor's an incredible vocalist and <laughs> i think you. it would be absolutely ridiculous for connor not to lead songs yeah we're working on one right in now this band dynamic so we're working on one right now and i think i think a place that i could really grow is my procrastination <laughs> Fixing that because Facts. and and my con- <laughs> and my he confidence. He backed you up, dude. He's and, got your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. You're not wrong. No, I'm. No, I know I'm not because I'm talking about myself. I know. But I, I, I have a problem with sitting down and not being confident in what I'm writing, and I think about it a whole lot, and I'm like, ah, oh, that, that that sounds cheesy. I don't, I don't like that, uh, and so. I think that's a place where I can grow because we're trying to finish a song where I'm singing the lead on. We got a, a it's a really cool song. Um, and we got the chorus and everything and I'm, I'm struggling finding the melody and stuff and lyrics for the verses and bridges and stuff. And I don't want him to have to write all of it. He's, he's amazing at it, but I want to be able to contribute in that way as well. 
Uh, so I, I think that's ama- the, my main part. And I do tend to, I do, t- <laughs> I do tend because I have a lot of songs, and I'm uh, as a songwriter, I'm always kind of writing, yeah. and I've got so many, and I'll send a voice memo here and a voice memo there, and I, I don't want. I know at times you guys are probably like, "What does he want to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is this? Like, this, this is weird. Or what? Or these lyrics are kind of trash." But like, look, I. The amount of songs, if I can write a hundred and one come out like Billboard top hit, yeah. that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I think I think our writing styles changing just because the dynamic of the band kind of changes from project to project. Like the first mm-hmm. one was kind of like it was written more from Dakota's kind of like solo career idea at first, and then we started to collab at the end. But this one's going to be more of like a lot more collaboration on it. Yeah. And then Connor's singing, and he's writing more. And it's like I think it uh, like the sound changed a little bit too. Yeah. While but like, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. It's not like too far off, but it's definitely no, you'll definitely see some some relatives to Lucy on the upcoming EP. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> We have a we have one with a similar vibe coming up on relative that one. to Lucy. I like that makes a lot of sense now that you said that. That's, <laughs> I'm always thinking. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, so I want to. I would love to get. We don't have to go super far down the road, but just like uh, when you guys started playing music as individuals. So uh, let's start with Connor. So I think the first time the first time that I can remember performing in front of people was probably my fourth grade talent show. And I sang "She Will Be Loved" by Maroon Five, which is one great of my, song. Which is probably my favorite band growing up uh, as a kid. That's the one my mom always had on the radio. It was either that or like Eminem or something like that. So like it was always something different, or yeah. Outkast or or stuff like that. Like it was always something different. But Maroon Five is the band that old Maroon Five. Oh, old Maroon Five. <laughs> After the fourth album, I kind of cut them off, and because they just got too pop for me, they used to freaking rock, dude. They used to be so cool. But like. Um, so about fourth grade, I sang, I sang in the talent show. Um, I did some stuff here and there. I was the kid with the long hair that could sing. Um, and then I think when I was about 14, maybe 15, I always, always grew up with a piano in the house. So uh, I started picking that up, and I learned it by watching YouTube videos. Was there music in your family? Love YouTube. Uh, yeah, my mom. My mom always played piano, and my grandmother played piano, and my mom kind of sang, um, but she was always too shy to like actually do it. Um, but other than that, I was I was the first person in my family to actually take it to this level, uh, to where I'm in a band performing all the time. Um, and I guess that's just because I have I have a different personality than a lot of the people in my family I don't really I don't really get nervous I do get nervous but I always overcome it and I, I kind of like to show out in a way I, but like, you were to, th- I like to be seen in the and best heard. way possible you were theater yeah. too so yeah you see that. I did you're a performer yeah, yeah. definitely okay. I've always, always I've always been that way I've always been able to talk to anybody in the entire world and if I can't talk to you then it's your fault <laughs> not mine <laughs> but yeah, truly yeah honestly but um but no I I picked up the piano and I was watching YouTube videos. Uh, can't read sheet music for anything. I was watching their fingers. Then I started pick up chords. First song I learned was uh, "Hey There, Delilah." I was playing my classic, T's. tragic. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loved it though. Um, but I've ever since then I've just kind of I've tried to get better and better at the piano. Um, 
and vocals as well. Well, I think I've, I tell myself all the time, I think that my vocals have come a long way since obviously when I was a teenager. And um, it's just really cool to have a group of guys that are that are so supportive and we all look to better each other. And so I, I think that's really cool at this point. And the, Connor talked about his confidence a moment ago, but one thing about Connor is he's better than he thinks he is. Yeah. So that that's definitely <laughs> making me a blush. plus. Um, he's come up to me so many times. It's just like, man, I just I'm like, if you would calm down and shut up, and just keep <laughs> doing what you're doing, you'll be fine. So, <laughs> but but yeah, Connor Connor was definitely an addition to the band that um, has made it what it is today. So. In this mm-hmm. short period of time, I like to act a fool on stage. Yeah, <laughs> best part. It's always fun. Well, so Brighton, I know you mentioned too. You had a breakdancing parent. <laughs> yeah, um, so which I, I think even, some I think some of the band members learned that. Yeah, I didn't even well. know that. I was in there. I was like, what? So no. so rhythms in your blood. It's yeah, fine. yeah. So my dad and he he has a twin. So <laughs> I wish I would I could breakdancing yeah, twins. <laughs> yeah, another DJ like karaoke twins. It's just all weird, wow. but. Um, they're, they're like just a fun time. So I think I got a lot of like the showmanship or just like the ability to kind of step out into any kind of thing like this. I think I got that from my dad's side, but then my mom's side is very musical family. Um, my grandmother and some of her family played like back in like the rockabilly days, like so many, like Carl Perkins, like they played with him and stuff like that. And, um, so they're, they were all in that Jackson area, like history, like they played in that. And then. My mom, like it skipped their generation a little bit. Mom played snare in high school. Um, that was kind of it. Uh, she plays piano a little bit. Um, but then my cousin on my mom's side played guitar. And he's a really good guitar player. And we would hang out like at this family, like musical. Like they'd talk about all this stuff and they'd play together. And I just couldn't for a while. I was like, I got to learn something. So I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna learn the guitar. You know, he's like my role model. I'm like, I got to learn it. But I couldn't learn it fast enough to have the results I wanted. And I'm like, this is too much to learn. I was like, uh, I need something just different. So then my dad was like, why don't you play the drums? And then, so he got me a drum set and I was like 12 and uh, picked that up way quicker. I think just like, I guess naturally having some kind of rhythm and then knowing music enough from my mom's side and then. I just started like putting headphones in and just playing songs I liked and just trying to listen. And then, you know, like, Oh, I know that beat. That sounds easy. It's this and this and this, and then try to play it. And my dad, I'll never forget. My dad came in my room and he's like, where did you learn how to do that? It was like the second day I had my drum set. He's like, how did you learn how to do that? And I was like, well, that's just what he's doing on this song right here. He's like, well, I'm going to leave you alone. You just keep doing that. <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still play guitar a little bit and the bass thing we talked about earlier, they just kind of all connect. But uh, yeah, I love drums. I've kind of, I just kind of dove straight into that. Um, Brian's a unique kind of drummer. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like his drumming style. I don't know. Very I, much. I, I, I have a, like when I got into the musical part of it, like I kind of went into like the blues. Steve Jordan was kind of like my go-to drummer. But then I was like, well, I mean, I want to kind of, I don't want to know everything because I just don't think you can. And the more you know, then the more you find out how not good you are. So I was like, you know, I was like, I kind of looked into the jazz stuff and then I liked certain aspects. Like I liked the sound of jazz drums, but I just didn't really like the plan as much just because it's just, I couldn't use it for what I was doing. 
So like the the sound of my drums and like the style I play, it's weird. Like I sit up super high. Nobody can play on my kit. They have to move everything around. I'm like, I don't know. It's just it all ended up. I didn't because I didn't have a teacher really. I just did what felt comfortable and what I liked. And uh, I had so everybody was so supportive of everything I did. They were just like, if that sounds cool to you, then just roll with it. Um, so I don't know. I'll probably judge by other drummers. I play weird. Um, but I mean, uh, I just stuck with it. was confident in myself enough to kind of like, okay, this is my style. Like I have these drummers I really like and I don't, I don't, I can't do the gospel chop stuff, but I just, I wouldn't use it. So I was like, you know, I want to learn the, to be as solid as I can. I want to be like the backbone of anything I'm a part of. And I just want to like, I want to make people like groove more than just like, oh wow, look at the drummer just ripping it up over there. Like, I just like, I want them to move their heads. Like that's my goal. And that's kind of what I use to kind of break those ceilings. Not of to say he can't take a solo or well, yeah. do some yeah. wild <laughs> fills. Yeah, but, but it's really cool because me and, me and Brighton have grown to together. Get, like yeah. together. And we, yeah. we both noticed it numerous times. We're like, dude, we've played music together for so long. It's crazy how how significantly better we are now, which of course it comes with playing all the time. But it's really cool to like see how we started out, maybe mediocre at best, and then got to where we are today. Yeah, so, and building each other up in the process. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and yeah. something so cool about that is like we'll notice it like live in the moment. Yeah. Like he'll do something I've never heard him do, but like I can tell. Like you know, I'm like, oh, he's he's been same, working on stuff. same with him. Same and now him. it's like. Dakota's jumped onto that now. It's yeah. like we've played with him long enough now to where like we've seen him grow and he'll pull something out, you know. And he's starting like, to okay. solo. Yeah, yeah. He used so to not ever solo or anything like that. And he's like getting to where he can really shred. So it's really cool to see yeah. too. So really shred. Shredded. <laughs> Quite just well, I think that's a perfect lead in. Well, um, yeah. So I've always been a closet singer. That's what I like to classify myself as. Um, going through elementary school and as, as young as I can remember, loved singing. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been at a live event um, and I think the music's louder than me. And obviously it is, but I don't I don't think the people around me could hear me. The amount of times people have turned around and just kind of looked at me weird because I was singing really loud and didn't <laughs> think anyone else heard me. Um, but obviously I would never get in front of anybody. I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, and you know, I did theater in middle school and high school and, um, but I always kind of try, try to stray away from the musicals cause I'm like, I don't want a singing part. Definitely don't want that. And then I was in beauty and the beast and I, I was Gaston and had a singing <laughs> role, <laughs> had a singing role in that and definitely didn't do it to my full potential, but I had a great time and I'm like, I love performing. That's fun. Um, and then, um, the church I was going to at the time, had a band and they were doing like this little youth competition thing and they were like i really need a guitar player and i was like i'll do it and they're like do you play guitar i was like no <laughs> and they're like oh i'm like how many just two songs right they're like yeah i'm like i can learn two songs so i, I grabbed someone else's guitar and I took it home, and I got on YouTube, and I learned those four chords. Dang it! And, <laughs> and I was about I was about fourteen, fifteen at that time, and I'd always wanted to learn guitar. I just, you know, never got around to doing it. And I'm like, I'll just teach myself. My cousin played guitar. I was like, I, I can do it. And so I got to be decent at acoustic, and you know, obviously going into college. Um, I'd been singing at church and different things like that and playing guitar for the church band and stuff. And 
but it's just, it's it's a different dynamic. And going into college, I was surrounded by all these incredible musicians, um, some better than others, like Brighton. But um, <laughs> okay, oh god, <laughs> I remember walking in and this one guy coming in. You get Brighton, you'll know who I'm talking about. He comes in, it's just like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I was like, about. oh, 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 no. And um, I'm in an ensemble, and they want me to sing, and I'm like, oh, okay. And um, they start playing this Charlie Puth song, and this guy's like, you think you could hit that note? And then he goes, oh, and I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm just trying to not die here. And uh, our professor was like, so you guys pick some songs and come back next week, and we'll nail them down. So I think I picked How to Save a Life by The Fray. What a song. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> a Green Day song, and I I did both of those. Well, it was the slow Green Day song. Which yeah, and I played it? acoustic yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, um, Time of Your Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, I did that, and obviously I was super nervous my freshman year of college, and I was just super tight on stage and didn't move and had my eyes shut the whole time <laughs> during both songs, and um, but constantly being surrounded by musicians, um that are better than you there's no better way to improve in my opinion because it just pushes you you know if i could just get if i could just get to where i could play guitar a little bit like ryan or if i could get to where i could sing a little bit like this guy you know maybe maybe i'd be a little better and that's what pushes you and then i got to the point where it's like no i'm I'm gonna strive to be better than these people you know that's and even if regardless if you get there or not it's gonna make you a better player and better musician overall and um then i just became incredible friends with these guys and like i said before we've kind of become a family now and we do nothing but hang out with each other and write music and perform and um, i've really grown into the musician that i am and the person that i am and obviously there's a lot more growing to do but i'm excited to see where it's going yeah well listen guys you you have an incredible story you have an incredible background you've already put so much time effort and energy into what you're doing now it's it's really awesome to see it just come to fruition and i know if it's already been this incredible coming this close to the end of covid and you know like as life is kind of coming back to normalcy i'm really excited to see what direction you guys head from here i mean just with one ep like what what an incredible yeah. amount of work already and you already have another one in the vault like yeah. ready to come mm-hmm. out soon so <clears throat> i have to say thank you so much oh, on thank behalf you. of Station yeah, 8 Productions. Thank you for the yeah. opportunity. Was it fun? Did you like oh, working man, with us? It was, so <laughs> it was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah. We're, not, we're not done. We're not done working yeah, yeah. with That's right. That's right. That's right. Just the beginning. Yeah. So don't right. forget about us when you're up there at the, up oh, the very top. Turn around, turn around the world, doing your thing. You got it. But uh, listen, guys, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want to check out any of our other content, you can visit our website at station8productions.com or our YouTube channel youtube.com backslash station eight productions thanks